Man, I really just got my lo- got lost in uh, multitasking hell, though. I'm, I'm completely lost. Give me a sec to, <laughs> to get How's myself out of this. <laughs> I tried to drag a tab into a new order, but instead it popped out of the window and made itself a new window, right? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, and then I'm trying to merge that window back into what I already had. Um, that didn't work, and instead it pushed my audio recording app out into uh, <laughs> something else, and... Nice. And, and amongst all that, I'm having a real trouble with Reddit just loading the mobile website just randomly. Uh, I noticed if you if you oh. open a link and Safari's in like a side window, uh, it mm-hmm. will still load the mobile site, right? right? But then if you like get Safari into normal mode, well, there's no longer a Quest desktop site anymore. So you, then you have to close the tab and reopen the link to get it to load the desktop site. But then on top of that, some of my links just refuse to open in desktop mode. So I'm just stuck with the the mobile Reddit view of of a couple of the topics we're talking about, which is just what annoying. What do you mean the, that the, the request desktop site button's gone? I thought it was still there. No, no, I can't find it. I had to look for it unless I'm just, let's see. So if you're in the browser... Mm-hmm. On the left side of the URL, there's the lowercase and uppercase A, different sizes of A. Ah, it's moved. Okay. The two ways I used to access it was hold on the refresh button or hit the share sheet and find it in there. So now, okay, it's moved. Right. Yeah, it's Um, weird that it's in the text resizing button, but that's where it is. Okay. Let's see. So it actually thinks it's in desktop mode because it says request mobile site, but I've just toggled it and it's gone back to... Desktop mode. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think about that um, that text button instead of just being like the plain old reader button? Uh, I've gotten used to it at this point, and mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference to me. <laughs> yeah, okay. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've only really used it in the past for... Um, well, I mean, of course, I've only used it in the past for showing a reader view, so now that's two taps instead of one. Right. But it did make sense to get some like basic features out of the share sheet because a lot of the time that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for some things you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. Out of the share sheet and like yeah, things like request desktop site. It's not quite as obscured like holding the reload button. <laughs> yeah. I think I think there could be a better icon though. Like if they took the gear from the website settings at the bottom and used that as the main icon. Yeah, that would be better. Yeah. At that point, I probably would have looked in there for request desktop site as well. Right. Um, high toolbar? Like, what's the point of that? You just want, like, an extra 10 pixels of uh, real estate? <laughs> I mean, it's not an insignificant difference. And it looks like it, it forces it to hide, so whether you're scrolling up or down, it won't pop back up. So, yeah. Well, good morning. Good morning. Are you ready to have your mind blown? How How's my mind going to be blown today? <laughs> About how hard it is to move a tab and not make a new window in mobile Safari. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I managed it. Uh, your mind is going to be blown by the night mode on the iPhone 11. Uh, apparently, it is wild in all uppercase. Uh, it works the same on the base 11 too. But uh, you're the one to talk about iPhone 11, um, 11 Pro rather, features because you put up a nice unboxing video on your youtube channel during the week so you must have it in your hands uh i do have it 
Um, I don't know anything about night mode. Well, I, I can tell you this. Uh, I saw all the the test photos on on making the rounds on the news sites and on Twitter, and I was really impressed by how the photos looked, and it made me overestimate the ability of night mode. And I uh-huh. I went into my my pitch dark bedroom, with all the lights off and doors closed, and I tried to take a photo in there to see what it would do. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it was like a solid green image, solid just green. Nothing. Wow, that yeah. sounds unusual. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. Maybe there was some sort of green uh, light entering the room, but your eyes just weren't able to pick it up. Maybe. Although I think so. isn't green the last color we lose before our vision just detects black and white? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely lose some colors before others. Anyway, go on. Uh, besides that, that one test where I was overestimating the abilities of uh, this night shot, I, I haven't tried it in the dark. Yeah, well, I guess when there's just no light to to pick up, then it's not going to do anything. Like a, a right. typical camera, if you just if you left the shutter on open for ages, if there's no light, there's still going to be nothing in the picture. So, I guess you found yourself in that situation. You know, my sound booth is kind of dark. Maybe I'll try to take a photo in here right now and see what it what it does. So, the night the night mode, uh, like duration of the long exposure photo is really interesting. Uh, if I hold my phone still, the length of exposure time I can take starts to creep up. But as soon as I move my phone, it drops down to like two seconds is the longest photo I can take. Okay, yeah, I've seen reports up to five seconds. What are you saying is the, the most? Uh, I saw three seconds. Um, but I've heard that it can get as high as like in the mid-20s if it's on a tripod. Right, right. Yep. That's, uh, that's definitely a a neat little feature that it detects when it's on a tripod and it can actually do these right. super long exposures. Uh, hopefully you'd get like a really nice sharp image at that point too. That's not bad. It definitely is a lighter photo than it is in here. <laughs> Great podcast material. <laughs> it's a picture of my microphone. <laughs> Look at the details in this photo. <laughs> yeah, can you check it? Can you send it to me so I can also <laughs> talk about how good I, it is? I could send you the photo, form. but... It wouldn't make sense without the reference of knowing how dark this room is. Mm, okay. We could describe that part as well. <laughs> no, no, don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Too late. So, in comparison to how how photos looked on your 10s, is it night and day, so to speak? <laughs> I've, I've really liked playing with the ultra-wide lens. I've done that more than anything else. Um, and it's amazing to me how easy it is to take photos that... Uh, in the past would have been impossible. Um, Like uh, just this weekend, we were setting up for uh, my son's birthday party and I want to take pictures of all the decorations up and everything in the room. And there was no way for me to step far enough back to get everything, but I can switch to ultra wide and it was no problem. I thought that was really cool. It seems to be a bit of a surprise hit. A lot of people liking it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I get. I guess um, the whole world has known this on on uh, in the Android world for a year already, but here we are. Yeah, I think a lot of manufacturers even are now starting to favor the ultra wide lens over even telephoto. 
and I think it has more utility, especially when you're comparing it to a, a 2x telephoto. A lot of Android phones now are getting into like the 5x area, and I think that would be a lot more useful than than what we have on the iPhone right now. There's a reason there's a whole range of lenses on the like the real camera market as well. I mean, you've got really wide angle ones, even to the point of like crazy fisheye ones or 180 degree lenses. Uh, right. Yeah, all the way. I mean, you've got the whole spectrum there, so it just makes sense. People like using wide. People, some people like standard. Some people like uh, tele. Yeah, just it makes sense to put them on the phones as well. Makes them very useful. Something's kind of got to give at some point, though. We can't just keep adding cameras for every new lens we want to use. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd say like the standard lens market kind of tops out at like three hundred millimeters. I'm not sure what terms that would be in like. Uh, like like 5x 10x 20x um on a camera phone but uh yeah like in the photography world you it's only really specialized uses after that uh, where mm-hmm. you need more than that well a new feature of the 11 pro when you're zooming it gives you the the measurement in millimeters so i can right. go from 13 so what are we millimeters up to? to the 2x lens is 52 millimeters 2x is 52 okay mm-hmm. see that, that's not even really a tele lens it's more just a normal length at 50 or a standard you might call it right yeah and the standard is 26 uh if you keep zooming to a digital zoom does it give you the effective millimeters uh no it doesn't it just tells me the measurements of the three physical lenses okay it's cool how they are retaining some of that uh that photography world stuff uh in the cameras as well, giving you the millimeter length of these um, other lenses. Yeah, and they're getting a lot more. I mean, it's still not to the point where I can choose like the the frame rate I want to record at in the camera app, but there's definitely more settings in here now. Uh, like something I never really liked is that if I take a photo on my iPhone, I had the option between taking a square photo or the regular photo was a four by three, uh, but now I have the option to take sixteen by nine photos. Is that an option in the camera app? Yeah, it's in the camera app. So if they've added that, then they must have a spot to change uh, yeah, recording settings as well. <laughs> nope, it's just for camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the space is there. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, it's a huge complaint, but I also wonder if it's a huge complaint because most of the complaints are coming from... Uh, like tech writers and bloggers and they're the ones testing all these video modes and so they're always in and out camera settings camera change it go back to the camera record some more they're the ones that are really uh, bumping it around all the time and and needing to change these settings Um, how much does the regular person care about it i mean i know i do i know you do but if i think to my mom and my dad like they don't know what this means i mean i i care about the video settings in so much that i set them to the max resolution fps and then leave it alone Um, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't the default is it uh i don't think it is um i think maybe it, it shoots at like 30 frames per second by default and you've got to switch it to 60 if that's what you want right um but just because I always get the the larger storage size, it's not something I have to worry about like others might. What about uh, battery-wise? How are you finding that so far? We've had a few teardowns since we last spoke. 
Yeah, I've been very deliberate in testing the battery since I got the phone. Because um, battery life is, is one of the things I care least about in a smartphone. Uh, because my, my daily use case is I, I wake up and my phone comes off my, my bedside charger and into my pocket. It's in my pocket for an hour until I'm at my desk at work. And then it sits back on a charger at work uh, for you know eight hours. And then it comes home with me. And, and then it spends... I don't know, four hours in the evening off a charger before it goes back on my charger for bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've made a point not to set it on the charger all day. Uh, and so it's been just over 12 hours off the charger and I have 60% battery still. And That's very respectable. Uh, and this is the just the 11 Pro standard size we're talking about. Right, yeah, I don't have the max. Uh, so milliamp hours, it has got quite a quite a lot uh quite a significantly bigger battery than uh the 10s generations yeah I w- i'm surprised how much extra battery they were able to fit in what is essentially the same footprint with like fraction of millimeter bigger yeah a I, I, I four tenths of a millimeter or something larger um but of course internally right. they gained a bit of space as well by removing 3d touch which we'll get to later right <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is noticeably heavier though um, even after, I don't know, the four days I've spent with it, I still, it's still noticeably heavier in my hand than my, my 10s was. And that has to be a battery. I mean, I remember back in the days when you were used to carrying a phone with a removable battery around and, you know, the, in those days you could just take out the battery, do whatever you want, like put a new battery mm-hmm. in. But when you, at the point when you took out the battery, you realized how light, like the technology <laughs> besides the battery actually is like the phone right the phones were just plastic uh the bit of glass well back then they might have been like all plastic i don't know uh you know all the circuit boards cameras everything was just kind of insignificant compared to the weight of the battery yeah and the same thing with uh laptops of the day uh you know 20 years ago when you could take the batteries out of your laptops too um I had laptops. I actually threw away the battery for uh, my very first laptop when I was, I don't know, probably 12 or something uh, because it, it was a, like a Windows 95 laptop. So the, the battery didn't hold a charge anymore and it served no purpose except to make the laptop heavier. So I just threw the battery <laughs> away. Do <laughs> you mean responsibly, dispo- responsibly disposed of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything about responsibly disposing of batteries back then, but (laughs) did anyone? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So you just had this like ultra portable laptop back in the day. Yeah. I still have it too. It's sitting on my shelf. Really? Nice. Mm -hmm. Wish I would have saved the battery now because I could have just replaced the cells in it and had a a nice battery, but. (laughs) Um, Can you still run it? Do you have the power for it? Uh, I've got the power brick for it. Uh, it's probably been a couple of years since the last time I turned it on, but it still worked a couple of years ago. And you're still running Windows 95, or have you bumped it up to 95? Yeah, it's got Windows 95 on it. Nice. So, yeah, a lot of good memories playing uh, web games on dial-up with that laptop and getting kicked off every time my parents wanted to talk on the phone. <laughs> I convinced my parents to put in a second phone line for the internet. That was, really? That was, yeah, that was crazy town. 
the biggest thing I ever convinced my parents to do was buy a Wi-Fi router when the the iPod Touch first came out. Ooh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. By the by, the time Wi-Fi was required, I was like old enough to just to make the purchase myself, which is nice. Still living at home, but with like a, an income somehow. I can't remember the exact year. I just went and bought sure. one. Sure. Yeah. I uh, I don't, actually don't know how I justified that because the only device in the house that could use the Wi-Fi was my iPod. But yeah, <laughs> you just was, you know you just have to convince them that this is the future of how this is gonna this is what's happening. That's that's what it took to get the internet in my house. I had to convince yeah. them, my parents, that this was the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my parents were fairly tech savvy, so so they were. Uh, okay with adopting stuff like that um what else on the uh iphone 11 i mean there's a lot of news oh the video stabilization tests that were posted um on reddit i think they might have come by twitter uh they were like literally uh, unbelievable i think there were three phones side by side the 11 pro uh, 10s and i'm not sure if the third one was a 10 or actually it might have been the samsung but the results, uh, I think it was just someone walking through a park and it looked like the 11 Pro was on a gimbal compared to the other two phones. It didn't even look like someone was walking. It, it really did look unbelievable, the comparison. Yeah, it's really incredible what Apple's been able to do with these these new lenses. It's nice that they didn't just put the lens on for the sake of saying, now we have an ultra wide. They really... Uh refined it and made sure like the color science is the same between all the cameras and added a couple extra features like making sure that you had an ultra stable video and the feature i haven't been able to get to work yet is uh taking a photo and if someone's a little bit outside of the frame you can kind of adjust that in post right reportedly uh, a very buggy feature <laughs> from, all, <laughs> from everything i've read so far it's very hit and miss on whether it actually works I haven't tried it in 13.1 yet, so maybe it's better now. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been able to get to work yet. I wonder if the stabilization has something to do with uh, using the wide-angle lens to supplement um, the frame, I guess you might call it. Um, I mean, it, seem, it seems like you'd have to because there's just not enough room inside the phone for the for the actual camera module to be moving around enough to yeah, compensate right. for that. <laughs> How big are the springs? Right. Unless the entire <laughs> camera bump is somehow suspended by springs underneath all that glass. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Also, I think we would have likely. seen that in the teardown stuff. Yeah, though. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teardowns, iFixit did the teardown since we last spoke. And uh, it seems to be the case that any reports of the phones containing um, reverse wireless charging hardware that hasn't been implemented has basically been debunked. Uh, there's right. more or less a, a second cable going to the battery, which some people didn't know what it was. And that was enough to spark the rumor of there being reverse wireless charging. Uh, apparently not. That's interesting to me. I would have, I would have sworn that... Uh it was the case it was just scrapped at the last minute just for the for how positive everyone was in the weeks leading up to the keynote but uh it's it's the feature that doesn't make much sense to me anyway uh just because of of how inefficient power transfer is i wouldn't want to waste my phone's battery you know 10 percent of my phone's battery for my airpods to get another two percent of juice yeah 
Yeah. So, and unless they could make it work with the Apple Watch, uh, it would feel kind of like there's incomplete, I guess. You'd got to think that'd be like one of the major use cases, AirPods and Apple Watch. Right. Yeah. If it doesn't work with their own devices, what's the point? Yeah. Getting rid of that Apple Watch charger when you're traveling or even just when you put your phone and watch down on the side of your bed at night to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, I probably will not be able to get rid of my Apple Watch charger when I travel. Uh, this always on display is noticeably draining my battery. Ah, okay. Do you want to save that for the watch topic, though? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, the watch topic... Uh, actually, have we finished on the iPhone 11? Is there anything else that you want to add? Um, I really like the, the frosted back glass. <laughs> That's probably my favorite feature <laughs> uh-huh. of the 11 so far. Um, and I, I like that they were able to do it in a much nicer way than Google was able to do with the Pixel. It seemed like within the first couple days, there was reports of the the frosted glass scratching. Um, but that seems to not be the case at all. And, and some of the durability tests I've seen, and uh, no, even using, you know, like a Mohs hardness pick that's harder than glass hasn't been able to make much noticeable damage to the frosted back. So I really like that. That's a job well done then. Yeah, I'm impressed. Oh, we didn't talk about uh, the, the the A13. Um, kind of undersold by Apple, it seems. It is significantly faster. And uh, single core benchmarks via Geekbench, it's like the fastest single core uh, device that Apple is shipping. But nothing... <laughs> Even comparing against uh, iMac Pros, the old Mac Pro. Uh, yeah, anything. It's crazy to it's me. It's single core. It's the fastest thing that we've got. It's crazy that we're to this point and haven't seen them using this technology in a Mac yet. We'll be coming back to that for the better part of two years now, but it still seems like it's just right on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> when these sorts of results come out. Right. So I can't say that in day-to-day usage, the phone feels any snappier or anything else. Uh, but the A13 is what's powering, you know, like all these new camera features and stuff. So it's definitely being taken advantage of. And maybe I'll see more uh, benefits in the future when apps are optimized and all that. I bet it's being pegged when it's doing all these, uh, yeah, the, the camera algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe especially when Deep Fusion comes out at some point in the near, near future. Yeah, what's your thoughts on, on Deep Fusion? Because I didn't even really get a full understanding of, of what it does. Uh, it seems to be um, a mode which will improve photos that aren't taken in, like, super dark. Um, like, where where night mode stops, like, it gets bright enough that you wouldn't need night mode, Deep Fusion then takes over up until... Uh, like a well-lit scene. So I'm guessing hmm. like um, maybe a lot of indoor shots where it's not well-lit might use deep fusion. And right. I don't know, maybe like a well-lit bar might use it. Yeah, there, there haven't been too many examples, but uh, from everything I've read so far, it's just, yeah, that point between night mode and like a, a daylight shot would might be using deep fusion. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see that. Hopefully it, it drastically improves the photos, at least in a way that I can notice, because I'm 
not much to to tell the difference between cameras. Uh, luckily, it's just, it's kind of heading into autumn and winter for you guys, so everyone's going to be wearing uh, sweaters, which you can. That's right. <laughs> yeah, deep fusion is a deep. mode just for taking pictures of sweaters. <laughs> right, you can really a hundred percent crop on those sweaters and check out the threads. <laughs> <laughs> Seven out of ten Apple Watch customers are first-time buyers, not upgraders. So this is our our lead post on the Apple subreddit uh, since the uh, Apple Watch was released, or I guess yeah, from then until now. Um, makes sense, as Crimson Enigma says in the comments, uh, just because it's like a still a fairly new market, even though we're up to a Series Five now. So you know, it's been a few right. years, but. It certainly didn't take off as quickly as the iPhone. And, I mean, you wouldn't expect it to. It is more or less an accessory to the iPhone. Um, I'm not sure if 7 out of 10 is, like, a good thing or a bad thing. Because, on one hand, it would indicate that the market is growing. But, on the other hand, it's indicating that people aren't upgrading their Apple Watches. I mean, just from the my own sample size of friends and family around me, uh, people either have the first Apple Watch they bought or don't have an Apple Watch anymore if they were previous buyers. I, I think besides me, I don't know anyone that actually upgraded an Apple Watch. Uh, but that's a pretty really? small sample size. What about you? Um, yeah, I've, I'm not surrounded by anyone who uses uh, Apple devices. Uh, I upgrade my Apple Watch every year. Uh, and, and by extension, uh, my girlfriend gets a hand-me-down Apple watch every year. Um, <laughs> she's an upgraded by default. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I can't name another person in my life who, who wears an Apple watch. Um, cause the only other people I know that even use iPhones are my parents and, and my dad just upgraded his four to an 11 this year. So wow. That is... <laughs> That's a huge jump. Yeah. Um, so they're they're not interested in, in any of that kind of stuff. And everyone else I know uses Android phones. You're going to get new friends, man. <laughs> new friends. Um, you can't be socializing with Android users. I don't know if it's just the part of the country I'm in or what, but man, no one no one likes iPhones around here. If your tech media is to believe, everyone in the US is running an iPhone. Who says that? All the tech media I listen to. Huh. Well, it's definitely not the case around here. Maybe it's a big city thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so you have your Series 5. Right. 44 millimeter. Yep. And I'm back to stainless steel. Stainless I get steel. to wear my, my old bracelets, which is nice. You got one in the box, though. You got a... um hook and loop version <laughs> yeah i got the i got the sport loop i wanted to to maybe order something a little a little nicer with it uh and take advantage of the apple watch studio and and pick my own band but uh at the time of ordering it was it was either pick a default configuration and get it on launch day or pick a custom band and it'll take another week or so so i i went with the option that got me my watch the fastest Right, and you've got all these other bands, so right. Yeah. So, um, but 
as far as the watch goes, so my Series 4, I could I could easily wear for two days. If I went somewhere without a charger, uh, I wouldn't have to worry about it for, for a day. I could, it'd be last through the night, and then I could wear it the whole next day. Uh, as far as Series 5 goes, um, it's been off the charger for the same time as my phone, so just over 12 hours, and its battery is at 32%. Uh, so it'll make it the rest of the night, but it definitely won't make it into tomorrow. Um, That's quite a significant hit. That's almost half, you would say? Uh, I, w- I would say that. Uh, but I think it's, I mean, it's it's Apple hitting their, you know, original quote of 18 hours. I think the Apple Watch really uh, over-delivered on their promise of battery life. And Yeah, they, they've always exceeded it. Uh, and the Series 5 is a little bit more like, you know, we never said we'd go higher than that, so. <laughs> they've always had battery life in the bank. So, I mean, at certain points, they've, they've, uh, they've kind of, they've, they've dipped into the bank and made a withdrawal. And this is certainly the biggest one yet. Um, right. Our previous ones thinking of, they, you know, they uh, dipped in to get GPS on the watch and LTE. Uh, but they've also been very aggressive about limiting the, the power draw of those features. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. now they've really gone to town. They've um, really cashed out, you could say, <laughs> to continue this uh, analogy. I'm sure if I were to travel uh, for a day without my charger and I knew ahead of time, I could turn always on display off and probably get that two-day battery life back. Uh, so I guess it's still there if I need it, but I have to know ahead of time that I'm going to be away from a charger for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, which is something uh, I didn't used to have to worry about. That's a reasonable thing to do as well. I mean, if you're going camping or hiking or anything like that, I mean, and you want to get the most of your ba- most battery life out, you might turn on theater mode as well, so it doesn't even turn on the screen unless you tap it. Make sure right. LTE's off. Don't run a workout. All that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely, definitely some things I could do to optimize battery life. And I'm sure that, um, I mean, in my use case, 99% of the time it, it goes back on a charger every night. So it's not gonna make a difference to me. Um, I am surprised by how much I've already used the always on display. Right. That was my next question because you, it wasn't like on your hit list, was it? No, it's not something I really considered that I needed. Um, and so far, the big case for me has actually been uh, driving. Uh, I can now, now if I get like a buzz on my wrist or I just want to check the time, uh, I can glance at my watch and take my hands off the steering wheel, whereas before I would have had to make a big gesture out of it. Uh, I never realized how much I did that until I didn't have to anymore. Yeah, okay, that sounds good. So you are finding it useful. Uh, my other question yeah. about always on display is, uh, when you're in a like a, a very dark room, I know you don't wear it sleeping, but um, does it light up the room, or is it is it just so dim that it doesn't significantly change the brightness of the room that you're in? No, it's not something I notice at all. Uh, in fact, it it gets noticeably dimmer in a very dark room. The display will stay on, but it'll dim like even further beyond where it's already been dimmed to. So it's not going to be illuminating anything, right? Yeah, unless I'm paying attention to it, I don't even notice the screen is on. Right, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'd expect. 
it used to drive me nuts when my watch would, you know, think I was looking at the screen, uh, say when I was sleeping with it and um, mm-hmm. just light up the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the part of the watch that's always surprised me. Is if you turn on the flashlight mode, just how bright that watch can get. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I guess you need that sort of brightness when it's under direct sunlight. Right. Yeah. You'd I think, hate to run it all the time, though. I think we're still at, what, a thousand, a thousand nit display, which is uh, incredible on a watch. Uh, so, did you trade in your two previous devices or what sort of uh, situation do you find yourself in? Uh, my girlfriend has... My Series 4, and Series 3 is off her wrist and now sitting on my old device shelf. Um, and my, my 10s is, is sitting up on my, my shelf of iPhones. I haven't decided if I want to get rid of it yet or just keep it to add to my, my backlog of iPhones. Right, right. So they're in the museum, you'd say. That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have a big gap. I have every iPhone from the first one through the SE and then a big gap, and then the 10s. So I got some things to fill in still. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's still time. Yeah. I guess there's, <laughs> there's no time limit on this, so there's always still time. And the longer I wait, the cheaper it is. That's, that's really the big <laughs> thing. <laughs> so after, um, after Christian's post, which we'll get to later, this is the top post on the subreddit for the week. Why make 3D touch worse? So, so the new iPhones don't have 3D touch. They've got the haptic touch, the fake 3D right. touch. Um, I, I was never a big 3D touch user. Um, I mean, I used it some places, and I, I don't think many people really used it, but you've always said that you've used it. Um, but according to this post, everyone in the world used it and loved it at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <And> <laughs> According to this post. <laughs> and now that iOS 13 is out, they've kind of crippled it in certain ways. And uh, I mean, it doesn't even seem that clear how they've crippled it. Because some people say, oh, this feature's gone. And someone else will say, oh, actually, no, that feature's still there. So, it makes me think maybe there are still some bugs in 13.0 where 3D touch features, which were there, are now missing but they'll be coming back maybe in 13.1 or people just haven't discovered a new way of doing it. So I'm going to rely on you as uh, a source of truth as someone who <laughs> did use 3D Touch and liked it and now has a non-3D Touch device running 13.0, I think mm-hmm. you said. Um, uh, I just compared to, to 0.1 today. So. All right. Well, it, it, maybe it's early days to report if any of these are, things are bugs, but you can give me the lowdown on uh, what the situation is. Okay. Um, so, so right off the bat, I, I definitely missed 3d touch, uh, from the moment I was setting up my iPhone and it asked me to enter my Apple ID and I made a typo halfway through my email address. Uh, the first thing I did was try to, to press harder on the screen and (laughs) get back there to edit it, which, uh, of course didn't work. Uh, and I've caught myself doing that a lot still. I'm just starting to get the hang of having to use the space bar and it's an okay substitute i don't like it nearly as much um but that was pretty much the main place i used 3d touch oh wait wait, wait. i just have one quick follow-up question or interjection mm-hmm. you don't have like a text shortcut for your email address no i've never used a text shortcut for anything 
Ah, you should get on that for your email address, man. It makes life so I, much easier. I've heard people say that. Yeah, I need to to try it out. Um, just just set up um, the the at symbol and then like a number, like one for your personal address and then two for your work address, etc. Yeah. Anyway, go nice. on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the only place I, I consistently use 3D Touch. Um, everywhere else, maybe it's just because I've I've been using 13 since June, um, but I'm pretty used to the lack of, of 3D Touch at this point. Um, there's definitely some features that I think were missing at the when I was using it on my 10s. Uh, like peak and pop has been completely replaced by this new haptic menu, um, which is not nearly as fast jump into things, but, but maybe that will be fixed in the future. Uh, but I won't be able to, to say because I can't try it anymore. <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily think of it as them making 3d touch worse on order devices. Uh, even though that's kind of, kind of what's happening, um, but from from my point of view, it's them making the experience consistent across all their devices, which is something they haven't been able to do since 3D Touch was announced. Uh, yeah, that, that's the huge that, upside. Because I mean, like, yeah, the old iPhones, the iPads, the new iPhones, and the middle-aged iPhones all more or less do the same thing now. Whereas before, it was so different. Um, but it just leaves right. people uh, in the lurch who still has a uh, couple-year-old iPhone. Well, it was any, everywhere from the 6S to the 10S. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yeah. Uh, had this feature. So, I guess at this point, you'd say it's the vast majority of iPhone users. Um, yeah, it definitely is. Have been downgraded to haptic touch. Which is surprisingly only four years of the total life of the iPhone. The devices came with 3D touch. Um, but I think we're going to go through a rough spot now where they're changing, uh, the UX and it's going to be uncomfortable for the handful of people that use 3d touch, which I still think is the vast, uh, minority. Um, but what this is really doing is setting us up for, uh, a year or two from now <laughs> where we're going to be at the point where all uh, interaction is the same across devices and they don't have to say something like, well, if your phone was manufactured between 2016 and 2018, then you got to do it this way. And uh, <laughs> I, th- I think long-term, this makes a lot more sense. Uh, I've never heard such words of love spoken for peak and pop as in, as in this thread either. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anyone that, <laughs> that really loved it so much until it was gone. Yeah, that's not a feature I've I ever really used much of. Uh, the only time I can ever think of using peak and pop is when uh, I would get like a Facebook message and I wanted to read it without the person knowing that I read it. Uh-huh. I could, All I right. could peek okay. at the message. Um, yep. But that's like literally my only use case for, for peak and pop. Uh, even though I knew the interaction was there and it could be really handy for quickly looking at a photo or or just scanning a news article or something. I always just tapped into it. And I think, you know, if if I did that, someone who tries really hard to adopt the new paradigms or whatever that Apple pushes, then there's no way that uh, maybe more of an average Joe user would have even tried to adopt it. 
I yeah, just from looking around me, I don't know anyone that used 3D Touch, really. Just, you know, the the standard user in the out in the wild. This uh right. this this group of people which is an enigma to <laughs> to to everyone we're talking to. But uh uh, the best part about Peak and Pop, I thought, was the, the haptic feedback to it. That was like that was really nice. It felt really good, more so than the actual feature itself. What are you, what you're getting on screen, right? Yeah, it does. It just doesn't feel. That's the biggest thing I think from the change from 3D Touch to Haptic Touch is it doesn't feel right to do it anymore. <laughs> a, a slight that slight delay when you when you push on an icon before the the haptic feedback it uh, it it's just feels wrong, wrong now, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it offends your sensibilities. <laughs> I, yeah. So, um, but, but, but I, of course we get these features on phones that don't even give you haptic feedback as well, which is nice. Well, and iPads, which is the, the major segment of devices. Right, that's the big one. Now has all these, uh, in quotes, haptic touch features, but without the haptic feedback, you just get more functionality. You actually get like a peak and pop. Oh, you don't get the pop. I get you. I guess you get the peak in Safari because you get a preview of the web page and the the right. uh, context menu when you long press. Uh, it just takes another tap to make the pop happen. Right, and another tap if you want to close it as well. It's not just a release anymore. Right, right. So, yeah, it's too bad it didn't catch on because I think it could have really maybe revolutionized the way we used our phones if it it really caught on and. Maybe more apps adopted it, and uh, I don't know. In a different timeline, it could have really changed how phones work. Uh, and the one other obvious upside is there's more space in the phones for batteries, so we have more battery life now. Uh, so yeah, despite this thread, I think it's heading in the right direction. Um, yeah, it's got to be. I don't think there's any argument. We're heading in the right direction. Uh, actually, the thread's about making 3D touch worse, though, on, on the old devices. So I guess those right. devices aren't getting better battery life. Um, right. Uh, yeah, and for them, I yeah, like I said, I think that it, it probably is making it worse, but it's in the sake of a consistent experience across devices. So I think that's probably a worthwhile trade-off. Do you need a consistent use case, uh, consistency across devices when, say, you've only got an iPhone ten? Like why? Why does why do they need to have the same experience on an eleven when they've only got the ten? Oh, that's valid. Um, <laughs> I guess coming from someone who's who's always consistently used an iPad alongside an iPhone, the consistency is nice. But for someone who who only has an iPhone, uh, it could be frustrating. And maybe Apple should add some kind of option to toggle back to like the old three D touch functionality. Uh, Maybe not on by default, but an option to fall back if you wanted to. Yeah, that, that could go a long way. Yeah. I Cancel. wonder now... Sorry? Uh, so I, say I, wonder, I wonder now what uh, uh, app developers who, who built apps solely around the 3D Touch hardware <laughs> are going to do at this point. Um, I remember when the 6S first came out, there was like an app to like, use your phone as a scale if as long as what you're weighing was only a few grams uh, right i'm pretty sure you can actually actually there's a website that does that oh really yeah so i know i had uh some like games where the harder you press on the screen uh like your vehicle would turn sharper or things like that 
I feel like I'm going to lose my one up in that game now because I I can't turn as sharp (laughs) as other people. Everyone's on a level playing field now. Speaking of games, cancelling Apple Arcade subscription immediately ends free trial access. Uh, This is the lead article on the week that um, Apple Arcade has more or less launched. It does seem to be coming in bits and pieces, but since we last Mm -hmm. spoke, um, Apple Arcade has become available on iOS devices, I believe just today maybe, or yesterday, uh, became available on tvOS. Uh, I've not been keeping track of uh, the progress on the Mac, but uh, I don't know. Is it out on the Mac? It wouldn't be right until Catalina. open the App Store and see. Well, I've got Catalina running. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what happens if I open the App Store. Uh, It still says coming soon. Okay. Arcade tab. All right. I guess it won't be far away. Um, but yeah, the point of uh, the topic of this article is that unlike most subscriptions, which say you sign up for a one month trial, you can go in and cancel straight away on most subscriptions and you're not denied access immediately. You can play out the rest of the month. Whereas on Apple right. Arcade, if you sign up for your free trial and then you go in and cancel it, it I mean, it gives you a warning fairly mm-hmm. uh, but you immediately lose access to apple arcade at that point that seems very user hostile compared to all the efforts they've been putting in on the other front of app store subscriptions uh, even to the point in ios 13 where if you go to delete an app that has an act- active subscription it's going to give you a warning about that this is right just, yeah this is a stark contrast to that and it's not just arcade, it's all Apple services. Uh, if you cancel a free trial of music or News Plus, uh, they end immediately as well. I wonder if it is just because it's a free trial and not a paid subscription that they're doing this. I mean, the, right. the I think- end goal is obvious. They just want people to get to that end of that month and either forget or have become hooked <laughs> and to start paying for it. Right. Yeah, which which sounds very unApple when you say it like that, but that that can really be the only only reason they would try to force you to wait until the last minute to cancel. Um, but yeah, I think this is just because it's a free trial, though. I think I'm sure if you were paying for it, yeah, you know, you paid for a month of of service, they wouldn't not give you that month, even if you canceled your subscription. Mm, okay, so fair enough then, I guess. <laughs> How have you found Apple Arcade so far? I am absolutely addicted to a very specific game. I've not played games in the last two weeks more than I have. I think cumulative like number of hours played. I think the last two weeks I've racked up higher numbers than maybe the previous two years uh, in total. <laughs> <laughs> very, a very specific game as well, which I've already told you about. Mini Motorways by um polo dino club or dino polo club yeah uh, who also made mini metro a well-known game apparently mm-hmm. yeah i was hooked on that a few years ago mm-hmm. uh yeah these sorts uh, of games are crack and the fact that it has no pay to win pay to play type mechanics in it just makes it so much better i'm in the same boat as you i think mini motorways is definitely the best game i found so far on arcade uh, although I say that without having tried Oceanhorn yet, um, 
which I haven't heard anything about yet, except that the first one was good. I can tell you that Oceanhorn 2 is also very good. And the only reason I haven't played more of it is because of Mini Motorways. Uh, if Mini Motorways <laughs> wasn't there, I would be also probably hooked on Oceanhorn 2. Um, right. Um, I really like Pinball Wizard. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got a good laugh out of What the Golf. I've I played quite a bit of that. Uh, the gimmick kind of felt old to me. Maybe if I kept going, they would add more uh mechanics to the game uh but i played through quite a few levels and it started to get a little old are you talking about what uh, the golf yes now my problem with what the golf a bit of a topic here is that it's not optimized for an iphone uh, ipad 11 in screen oh really did you, oh what are you playing it on i guess on your phone uh yeah i'm mostly on my phone okay i was very surprised to launch a game released in September 2019 on an 11-inch iPad to find it had big black borders around the sides and, you know, the small ones on the top, uh, which suggested it it hasn't been optimized for the 11-inch screen size. Um, That's very surprising for an Apple Arcade game, especially. For an Apple Arcade game, yeah. Um, Mm. And on a similar point, the first two games I actually launched... um, Actually, I can't remember what their names are now. Uh, Hot Lava was one of them. Mm-hmm. Didn't have controller support. It doesn't? No. Oh. And, it, I mean, it's not like a fault with my controller because, I mean, I got into um, Oceanhorn straight away and then the controller's working fine. But, I mean, these games are destined for the Apple TV as well, which doesn't mm-hmm. have touch as an input. So, I mean, you have to use a controller. I'm hoping that these are just like, um, these games kind of maybe got rushed a little bit out the door to make it in time for the Apple Arcade launch to to make a bigger splash they could. And that these features Mm. are just around the corner or, you know, they're hopefully already being developed and and they're going to be coming to the game. I know Mini Motorways is certainly not the perfect game. It's it's got a few bugs, like um, it might be a 0.9 release, you might consider it. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, just things like no controller support on the first two games I launched, um, non-optimized screen sizes for year-old iPads, uh, and just the general bugginess of the game that I am playing a lot of. Um, you know, I guess it's hmm. hard to hit a deadline, isn't it? That's really surprising to me uh, that you said Hot Lava doesn't have controller support because uh, that was a game that I, I turned on and was was immediately impressed by just like the production value for just like the the intro title whatever sequence. Oh, the title um, sequence was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's far better uh, than the game itself. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I got into the gameplay, I'm like, this game is unplayable without a controller. I'm gonna have to save this for playing with a controller. Uh, so for you to say it doesn't have controller support really surprises me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That game begs for controller support. I mean, in even yeah. Mini Motorways, which is kind of janky with a controller, has controller support. That that game is right. is like touch all the way um, compared mm-hmm. to Hot Lava, which you know it's a three D uh, first person or was it third person? I can't remember. Like moving through space, there is yeah, first person, no yeah. better input at this point, I think, than controllers. Yeah, and the whole like just spin around in the room to, to to look around and it was miserable 
for the for the few minutes I actually tried to play the game. Yeah, I, I did I gave boot it, it up all multiple. fifteen seconds uh, after right. the intro sequence uh, before deleting it. Yeah, I never I never made it through like just the first like short course you're supposed to do, but I did boot the game up multiple times to show like the intro off to multiple people just for like how cool <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Um, so at that, that's at one point, them. they had like a ret- well, the whole thing is like a retro kind of sequence, and then they have that. Uh, like fake TV advertisement esque type uh-huh. <laughs> segment to it. Uh, it's really worth a watch for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really hyped me up for a, for a game that kind of fell on its face. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch the sequence and then delete it. Anyone who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's it's better for the Apple TV. I haven't updated my TVs yet, but I'll be doing that tonight. Right. Well, I mean, they have to have controller support, so. Right. Yeah, you can imagine something. That it's going to be coming. Right. Uh, so the other point about Apple Arcade is, um, so I, um, I I had become hooked on Apple um, on mini motorways. Uh, mm-hmm. I updated to uh, 13.1 beta 4 or something like that, and then mini motorways wouldn't launch anymore, and so I, was, I shared that news with you, my incredible disappointment. Uh, and you said, uh, oh, you should just play Mini Metros instead. So jumped on the App Store, looked for Mini Metros, and it was like six bucks. And I immediately was like, no way I'm going to pay six bucks for a game <laughs> when I have um, 100 games. Well, I'm not sure if it's at 100 at the moment, but I have, I have tons of games, most of which are unplayed, untried. Mm-hmm. Um, for Australian $7 a month, for, so for a right. dollar more. Uh, so that's what all these games are competing with now. This is what Apple Arcade is competing with. It's the comparison of do I want to pay a uh, like a, a once-off amount for a game that you keep forever but maybe don't even necessarily like um, against an entire library of games for a monthly subscription and i mean in in pretty much all cases i can think of the the monthly subscription is going to be the winner in that scenario right and it was yeah, in this my, case my uh knee-jerk reaction to this is that apple arcade uh kind of set out to improve the mobile gaming experience and remove in-app purchases and ads and things like that from your your game playing experience. Um, and I think it's going to have the opposite effect on the majority of mobile applications uh, because no one's going to be able to compete with that. No one can sell an app for $5 when you can get a hundred plus for $5 a month. Um, so they're going to make it free and subsidize that with ads and in-app purchases. Um, so unless you can make it on the arcade store, it's almost like they've, they've, uh, worse than the quality of every other app there's going to be this huge divide between the two types of apps like the ones that suck the money from you right (laughs) and the ones that are good i don't know what it looks like to get a game onto apple arcade but maybe it's not hard and it's literally just strip out your internet purchases strip out your your uh, ads and make sure it works on all the devices and maybe we'll see Apple Arcade explode and all these developers will be making more money than ever 
through Apple. Uh, and one point you forgot games. is also remove your app from the App Store, the, the standard spot, part of the App Store. Right. Um, yes, I don't know what the entry process looks like. I don't know what, uh, like how much developers are making back from that compared to, to what it'd be like to have an app on the regular part of the App Store. Um, but if it makes sense financially, maybe we'll, maybe, yeah, Apple Arcade will explode and that'll be just the way you play games on, on Apple devices. Uh, we, we do often get breakdowns from indie developers with apps on the app stores of uh, like financials and how their apps are doing and that type of thing. I would be surprised if we ever got anything from them, from an, uh, from an app that's in Apple Arcade. Uh, I bet that uh, those numbers are locked down hard by Apple. I wonder how they can entice new developers without advertising how much money they can make being on Apple Arcade, though. Like, there has to be some middle ground. Um, yeah, good question. I, word can still spread, like, word of mouth will still spread, but when it comes to actually, like, publishing things on a, a developer's website, maybe right. that's where the line would get drawn. Because that's effectively giving away Apple subscriber numbers. Sure. I could see them saying something like uh, a game studio with an app on Apple Arcade makes twice as much as someone who just sells their app in the App Store and, and kind of just have vague percentages, not hard numbers. Charts without uh, actually <laughs> labels. That's right. <laughs> if, if, your, if your app on the App Store is this gray line, Apple Arcade is this blue line. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to be in the blue line. <laughs> um, yeah i'm really excited uh apparently google thinks it's a good idea too did you say they launched a, a almost identical service this week no i didn't that's interesting uh, I yeah um let me get the name real quick so i get the get it right here um, is it but google it's, play <laughs> <laughs> google play pass uh, okay and it's it as far as the cost, it matches uh, Apple Arcade identically. It's five dollars a month uh, for a family subscription. Uh, this article I'm just see the first result says it launched at 350 games. It doesn't seem to be like special designed built for anything games. It's just games they pulled from their Play Store and put in this bundle. Mm, uh, they're all games I've seen anyone. before, <laughs> right? And it and it only works on Android, so it's not. I mean. They didn't really have other devices for it to run on, but it's just for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about all those Android TVs and Android security monitoring systems and everything else that runs Android? <laughs> That's okay. the missing screen. Apple Arcade needs to be able to play on your car. CarPlay. Yeah. <laughs> that is the missing screen. No, I think we have laws against that in this country, at least. Oh, really? I don't think you can have, like, video playing on a screen unless the car is stopped. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the same here. But uh, if they could figure out a way to monitor <laughs> what gear the car is in, maybe that could be an option. Uh, Google uh, Play Pass makes it sound like it's more than just games because, I mean, the whole thing is called the Play Store, so the Play Pass just gets you everything. That's I, what it sounds I like. believe there is more than games. Uh, oh, I believe okay. I did see that. Um. I did just see, oh man, just in the thumbnail for an article on Play Pass, uh, Mini Metro is included in Play Pass. Ah, okay, cool, cool. So, so it's also coming Mini to Metro. Steam as well. So, 
Um, so that, there's that something like games don't have to be exclusive to iOS or I mean to, to Apple's ecosystem, uh, which is fair. Right. But but you made that point to me um, the other day as well that um, like you when will this come to just the the general app store for for Apple? Right. Uh, I think I made the case um, for for still having like categories where you subscribe to a category of an app. Uh, and maybe that makes sense. It's harder. It's a harder sell in anything but games. Um, I said something like Apple studio where you get Photoshop and filmic pro and, and, uh, like creative apps like that. Um, but it'd be hard to subscribe to something like that. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of people maybe are creative in one way, but not another. So they don't need all the drawing apps with, with their camera app. And the camera app, they're going to buy one time for $15 and use it forever. And they don't need a subscription to whatever camera app comes out after that necessarily. Um, So I think it'd be a harder sell in different categories of the app store. Uh, And also not being able to remove the apps just generally from the app store in those cases as well. Right. Um, So I don't know if we'll see that at all. Uh, But the more I thought about it, the the kind of the less sense it made in my mind. (laughs) Oh, well, big questions about the future of, um, yeah, subscriptions in the App Store and the future of gaming um, on Apple devices. So what if you had something, let's say Apple charged $25 a month for just unlimited access to the App Store. You could download any app. I'd have to weigh up against what are the in-app subscriptions I'm paying at the moment compared to $25 a month. I'd be very surprised if they came anywhere near 25 a month. But would you be getting more apps because you have a subscription now and maybe it pays for itself in that way? Yeah, I'd certainly be enticed to to try more and to see what works. But I, mean, I think the essential ones I'm already using. Right. Yeah, that's the hard part for me is, uh, I mean, I mean, games can always be enticing because there's always new ideas in that space. But... I'm not going to need any other social media app anytime soon. I'm not going to need, uh, I don't know. Let's take a look at my phone. Most utilities, like I need, I don't need another app to view my home security cameras. I don't need another weather app. I don't need another bank app. I don't need, you know, a subscription to word processing apps. Uh, so yeah, I think the game space is where it makes most sense and it falls apart pretty much anywhere else. Uh, we've got kind of two mini topics to end up on, finish up on. Okay. I call, the, I call them mini topics because there's not a whole lot to say, I think. But I could be proven wrong. First one is that Apple's new Mac Pro is to be made in Texas after all. So, um, Apple has been given t- uh, the tax breaks, you would say? Right. Or was it the other way around? I've completely forgotten now. Uh, I believe it was kind of... <laughs> There's not been like an official anything on this, but it seems like uh, as a compromise for getting breaks on some of uh, like our tariffs, whatever's going on right now, Apple's agreed to to make these Mac Pros in the U.S. And they are probably a um, a good candidate. I mean, there's these aren't like a, probably a high volume manufacturing process, and there's I bet there's a good margin being made on them too. So. Oh yeah, it is the most likely computer to be made outside of the factories in China. 
<laughs> yeah, we just we just don't have the infrastructure for mass producing anything. Like I would hard pressed to see Apple make I don't know just like any of their laptops here. <laughs> there are cars still made in. Uh, I guess they're not that mass produced really compared to tech stuff, are they? Uh, yeah, and even, like man, what was assembled in the U.S.? I think maybe there's some Hondas that are assembled in the U.S. But like even the U.S. manufacturers all are uh, done overseas now. Oh, is it really? Okay. Similar yeah. situation to here in Australia then. Most uh, yeah, most car manufacturing plants have shut down. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm happy that this is happening because Apple's avoiding uh, higher import fees. So their products probably won't go up. <laughs> in in a price for at least for that reason mm-hmm. uh, yep. that's the only big takeaway from this for me uh the, the previous mac pro was made in uh in texas as well wasn't it so um, yeah it was. these are just made in the exact same factory probably by the same people um i'm not aware of any uh complaints or anything about the 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 assembly or the manufacturer of the previous mac pro i mean quality wise it was on par with with uh, their other computers. So I would expect that to continue. Rep. Hmm. Make America great again. Uh, So the next... (laughs) The next post, this is a huge one. I'm not sure there's been a bigger post on on this subreddit in in months. Is that uh, Christian, the, the creator of the Apollo app, gave away an iPhone 11 Pro to a random commenter. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a little a mini marketing campaign for Apollo. Um it went it went nuts. The I, the threads got too big. I think they exceeded some limits or something on Reddit because they were like moved into part 2, part 3. Um, right. Oh yeah, here's the the comment from moderator Aaron P613. Uh, this thread has reached maximum capacity. <laughs> Use this thread instead. <laughs> Yeah, he quickly discovered the maximum comment limit on a post was 100,000 comments. And he discovered that <laughs> twice because he had to get into three posts to, to get everyone's submissions. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if like the 1.1 million readers on Apple are like, are like mostly not there, not present. But I think this post has proved that they are there. They're just uh, mostly lurking until <laughs> something really good comes to pass. Right. <laughs> I, I put a comment in just to try to get you a phone, James. Oh, for me? You did it for me? I didn't need a phone. <laughs> you could have used one, too. <laughs> oh, well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. So, well, it didn't work out, but I tried. No. Uh, your comment was throwing my name in the hat. Nice. <laughs> what did I say? Did you I said call enter? him. Yeah, I, I left a comment. I said call him Buzz because... Uh, Christian said you could um, suggest a name for the mascot, uh, right. the, the Apollo alien. So I thought Buzz sounded suitable. I wonder As if something will come of that. So. Right. Yeah. I haven't heard him say if he's picked a name yet or... Let's see. No, I, I like... haven't seen that. I mean, uh, the wind has been picked, of course. Mm-hmm. Mango Magno, one, two, three. And there's a lot of angst about that winner as well. Oh, why is that? Uh, it was unbelievable. Oh, that um, because this commenter, this uh, this redditor hadn't 
been very active on Reddit, really. Um, I think before this comment, it was many, many months ago. Let's just have a quick look. Um, actually, all their recent history, of course, is just... Here we go. Um, so, b- before this comment, uh, they, they posted something six months ago, and then they commented on something two years before that. So... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the user claimed it wasn't like a second account. It was their primary account, um, I think. And then they were just a lurker, basically. But, right. I mean, yeah, it, this is just a friendly competition. I, I, there was way too much hate and angst from people who didn't win the phone, you know, of their one in 100,000 chance. I mean, it's it kind of ridiculous, really. It was a good spirited competition and some people had to pull it down a notch. Yeah. I do wonder uh, how many duplicate entries people have. I know, uh, like if I wanted to be malicious about it, I have like 10 Reddit accounts for various bots that I've created over the years that I, I could have used to make a bunch of comments. But even 10 in the 100,000 is a right a drop yeah, in a, a, an ocean. Right. So there's, there's really no reason to get upset about it. Yeah. In unrelated news... We should do an iPhone giveaway. <laughs> we get 300,000 listeners. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, have you got something to give away? Uh, you do. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we should save it for like maybe our 50th episode at the two year mark for us. Uh, now do your iPhone's big. on the line. Hey, now <laughs> could sponsor something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. No. Um, 50th episode. Yeah. We could do something. Why not? I've got an old iPhone 4 that's locked to someone else's iCloud account. I put that in the pool. <laughs> I put the 3GS in. Yeah, I've got a 3G as well which, with like half an hour battery life. <laughs> it smashed Apple Watch. I just emptied my <laughs> shelves full <of> stuff. <laughs> I wish I had that smashed Apple Watch still so I could claim that the repair process. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, I'm James Would, would an Apple Watch... <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> would a US Apple Watch work in Australia? Uh, yeah, for sure it would work. Yep. I mean, it might have slightly different LTE bands if it was an LTE model, but um, right, it um, it would certainly work with the phone at least. I was just saying, I have a Series Three sitting on a shelf. If that would be any use to you? Well, let me tell you something. In a second, I'm James VDM on Reddit and Twitter, <laughs> and I'm Jelly Woot on Reddit and Twitter. And I bought another iPhone SE, so I could even pair it with a phone now. Really? Yeah. I, I've had, had a list another SE. Less than 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll send it your way. Really? Is your address still the same? Um, we can verify that after the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not just a yes or no, then sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I don't think it is since you last shipped me something, so... We'll have to check on okay. that. I'd say it's not. <laughs> um, oh, thanks. That's awesome. Sure. It, what do you want for use it? Than just, oh, nothing. It's just going to sit on a shelf. You can so. drain the podcast account for it. No, no, no. Okay. So that money can go back into the show at some point. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do with it, but... <laughs> awesome. Oh, that's awesome. So, cool. Cool. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. I, I bought, I bought another <laughs> SE. I, um, I looked at all my options. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how many months I've been without a phone now, but um, 
I started to hit some pain points, like um, doing a bit of work for people and asking, like, what's your phone number? It's kind of... Ooh, right. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> to most people, it's a fairly simple question. But then I'm like, well, I don't actually have a phone number, but you can contact me in these other ways. I mean, you can add me on Facebook Messenger or you can... Uh, if you have an iOS device, you can also iMessage or FaceTime audio me. And... Um, <laughs> It just gets old, you know? Yeah, I get it. I bet you can imagine, yeah. It's so much easier just to have um, a phone number. And, I mean, the biggest biggest annoyance of just getting spam calls all the time is gone as well. So, uh, with the silence, unknown callers on iOS 13. um, Right. Like, half the pain of having a phone number is is gone. Um, How does iOS 13 run on the iPhone SE? Oh, like... Like it's a brand new phone, day one. Awesome. Yeah, it, it runs so nicely. Um, it got, got extremely hot when it was doing the whole restore from iCloud thing, but I think basically any phone does does that. Oh, That's my favorite part of a new phone is uh, I, I never do restore from iCloud. I set it up as a new phone and, and meticulously add each app one at a time and choose which ones I haven't used in the last year and don't bother to install those and... Actually, you know what? That, you're right. That's actually what I did with um, last night with this one. I didn't restore from a backup, but it still got incredibly hot um, restoring my iCloud photo library and downloading messages from the cloud. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that, that is what I did. Um, I also enjoy setting up from scratch. And I never used to do that because I could never lose my iMessage history. But now that that's in the cloud as well, right. then it's now an option. And uh, yeah. You got important Enjoy things in your iMessage history. <laughs> Do I have important things? Yeah, you said you couldn't lose it. Like there was something that you would, you didn't well, want. Like the first text with my now wife. Well, how could you possibly oh, lose that? Oh, you have that? history going back that far? Well, I only got married a couple of years ago and I only knew her for like a couple of years before that. Let's see how far back my history goes. But my actual history I I- goes back to my iPhone 3G, 3G or 3GS, right? Because I've I've... I've never lost my history since then. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my history goes back until October of 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's longer than I expected, actually. Yeah, that's a decent while already. So, But I've never gone back to look at my messages. I'm surprised to see see this. Like, I have <laughs> text messages with uh, group partners when I was in university. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. I, I have one major point of pain, though, when it comes to my message history. Uh, at one point when I was changing phones, uh, I restored from iCloud. And I think like mm-hmm. three days later, I went back in to see if it had done its first backup. And it said it was still record- restoring from iCloud. So, I, I mm-hmm. thought I must have just got stuck. So, I hit stop. And then I don't know how long ago, how, how much further after that it was. But... I think it might have been years later, I realized I'd actually stopped the restore of all the media in iCloud. So, I downloaded the messages, but the media was missing. So, now, if mm. you scroll back far enough in a conversation in, like, the media view, um, then eventually it just turns into uh, little empty thumbnails, which is a little heartbreaking for me. Right. That's how much I value my iMessage history, that I get heartbroken is- every time I scroll too far back. <laughs> That's uh, that's really cool to have like a time capsule of that, like conversations from when you met your wife until 
yeah, till now. It's exactly what it is. It's time I wish I had had a ever thought of that. Maybe that's something I would have cared more about. Well, um, man, at least you got from 2014, right? That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. <laughs> and I do have, like, old phones dating all the way back to, like, 2007 in a drawer. So I could probably find some really old texts on there. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're not too old, you could maybe enable iMessage in the cloud and then that would sync it to your current phones. But they're probably too old for that by now. Hey? Oh, I'm not even talking about iPhones. It's like old flip phones <laughs> and stuff. <Okay. laughs> I wonder if there's any way to, like, insert things into previous iMessage history. You get to that messages.db <laughs> file and see if you can crack it open. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of post-show stuff today. <laughs> I did finally switch my wallpaper. In honor of the Super Retina Display XDR, mm-hmm. my lock screen wallpaper is now the uh, XDR display. The Pro the... XDR display? Yeah. It looks really good as a lock screen. I like it a lot. Um, and then unlocking uh, my phone, mm-hmm. my wallpaper is the iOS 7 wallpaper. iOS 7. Is that is that a mm-hmm. wave? No, that was Mavericks. It was clouds and stars. Ah, oh, the clouds. Ooh, probably one of my least what? favorite, I think. Really? It's one of my favorite wallpapers. Mm-hmm. Let me have a look. Let me remind myself. Yeah. iOS 7 wallpaper. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. No, I, I, I my mind went to the weather app clouds for some reason. Um, hmm. It's the it's not clouds, is it? Isn't it like a a constellation? Oh, you know what? It might be. It just kind of looks a little cloudy. But yeah, I think it's like maybe a galaxy <laughs> or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, nice. No, that one's a great one. That's really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot more than just the. I don't even know what the wallpaper is for the the new 11s. It's like just dust flying through the air or something. Really? Is it not the same yeah. for... No, there's a new one for, for the uh, 11 Pros at least. Let me have a look. Uh, it's a live wallpaper. Dust, dust flying through the air. And it's yeah. like different colored dust. Uh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a um, aurora of some sort. <laughs> Wouldn't I tried say? it for a while and didn't like it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. So, going that's something, just going back like three topics, someone said, oh, because 3D touch is gone, um, you can't force touch on, you can't 3D touch on the wallpaper anymore to animate it. But now you're saying you can? Right. It's just press and hold on the wallpaper to animate now. All right. So, the feature's not gone. It's just not so poppy. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's like the same with live photos now. You just press and hold on a photo for it to animate. Right. Just like, like what all the other plebs have been doing on their iPads or SEs for the last <laughs> few years. That's right. So, are you thinking about keeping the SE, like, after next year? When oh, that's a question. Theoretically, um, won't get yeah. an update. It's not going to get iOS 14, is it? Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe if it's lucky in your mind, and they'll announce an SE 2 in the spring. Right, right. Um, that was one of the potential topics, I think, for this week, because there was a rumor about it. Um, mm-hmm. Sound like potentially the iPhone 8 form factor? You know, it, it's not just the like the form factor, which I like, which I do like how small and mm-hmm. unobtrusive it is, but I also do like the price point. It's very cheap, and you get a lot right. of phone for not much money. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, despite me trying to take care of the last one, it was still taken off a desk and put into a cup of tea by a toddler. <laughs> so, I mean, that is one benefit is the phones are been waterproof for a few years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Strong point in favor. I just, um, I, I really enjoy just having things on me that don't cost a lot of money and don't require protection and that um right know, it's a little peace of mind yeah yeah it's not the end of the world if it gets broken right right it's annoying but it's not like a thousand dollars out of pocket and i know there are things i could do to protect that like insurance apple care all that sort of stuff mm. but um yeah did i also mention i'm like anti-insurance <laughs> oh really no nah, people are gonna think i'm a crazy person if i keep going on i like the essay scam or something i like it it's not a scam. I think it's just, it's very easy to be, you have to draw a line. Some insurances, of course, are just absolutely necessary, but you can very right. easily uh, go overboard and start trying to cover every part of your life with insurance. So I try and keep it to the essentials. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's saying a lot for the iPhone SE for it to still be such a usable phone. Yeah. On your, on, on your point of like, is iOS 14 coming to it? Well, it still runs iOS 13 like it's like a day one phone. So why wouldn't it? Right. Just because the screen size <laughs> is hard to, to build for. <laughs> yep. Yeah, even the like uh, the data warnings and like the things that you get during the setup process, like even those have to be scrolled on the SE. That's how small the screen size is. <laughs> yeah. But it is a very comfortable size. I miss being able to hold a phone in one hand comfortably. And now with the swipe keyboard, it's so typeable as well. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm. So the swipe keyboards are saving grace on the bigger phones too, because you don't have to quite worry about reaching all the way. And mm-hmm. yep. It's nice as well. 